the Getting Better Now podcast, presented by the Golf Business Network, the show by golf professionals for golf professionals, profiling experts from inside and outside the golf industry to help you advance your career, make a lasting impact, and achieve your goals. Here's your host, PGA professional from St. David's Golf Club, Dean Candle. Welcome to Episode 7 of Getting Better Now. I want to first thank you for listening and hope that you've been enjoying what we've been doing so far and have gained some insight and that it's been beneficial to you as a golf professional. I'm looking forward to continuing to find guests and content that consistently brings value to you and helps you, even if it's in a small way, to help you get better at what you're doing. Along those lines, today we're talking about utilizing interns at your facility. I know some of you out there are are employing interns on an annual basis and have had some great success, but there are a lot of clubs that either haven't had success or don't seek to use interns in their operations. So we're talking today with Brian Soule, the Internship Coordinator at Penn State's PGA Golf Management Program. Brian speaks with each of his 100 students that go out on internships every year. He has direct knowledge of what facilities are doing well which helps attract interns for the future, as well as maximize the intern's contribution to your operation. But he also hears what makes for a bad internship experience and how that can kill your aspirations to utilize interns on a regular basis. There's great information here for clubs that either are or aren't currently using interns. And if you're not because you've had trouble attracting them or don't think they would come to your facility, Tune in to hear why it's possible for any club to start benefiting from their services and improving your operation. This was a really fun conversation. Brian does a fantastic job speaking on behalf of all golf management programs and their students. I really hope that you enjoy it. All right, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me, Dean. This is cool. I'm looking forward to talking about today about talking about interns and internships um, and at any point, if you want to dive into like an hour long Penn State football conversation, I would be cool with that too. <laughs> I don't know about everybody else, but we'll try to keep it on topic, I guess, for everybody out there. But. Yeah, a little less to talk about after the Ohio State loss, but we're going to recover this weekend. Yeah, so let's hope by the time this is this comes out that Penn State is still hanging in there with one loss and uh, and and looking good. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. So absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Like I said, we're going we're gonna to jump into talking about interns and internships, but before we do that, let's give everybody a little background about you, about your position at the program, and, uh, and really, you know, I'd like to know also how you got there. You know, what was your path to this position at Penn State? Sure. Yeah, my name is Brian Soule. I am a uh, PGA member since 2006. I'm a graduate of the Clemson University PGA Golf Management. Actually, I was a part of the original class. We had eight graduating members at the time. Wow. Um, Worked for a few years as an assistant golf professional and then head professional way too young and learned a lot (laughs) from those experiences, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I ended up going back to graduate school. I knew I wanted to get back into graduate school. My, My original goal actually was to go and become a manager at a, uh, at a golf uh, focused resort. So I went to get a sport right. management degree and a master's degree. And when I was at UNLV uh, working for PGA professional, Chris Kane, 
I learned that I loved education. I loved work, working with college students, and uh, that led me down the path of where I am today, working as the assistant director and the internship coordinator for the Penn State PGA Golf Management Program. So that's cool. So you you thought you were going to be a manager, you and you were pursuing that. I guess you know pretty strongly going there and getting a a master's, right? Is what you're doing. At right. And, or, yeah. and it, that's exactly right. And I was, there are days to this day where I really miss green grass and I wish that I could have stuck with that path. And mm -hmm. there are also days where I get to work with college students every day and help them find their career goals and, 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 you know, find success through, through what we do at the university. And that's where, where the job is just amazing. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the job. What are your main responsibilities and your roles? Sure. I'm the internship coordinator. So I intern, uh, I coordinate the internships for uh, just about 100 students each year. And I coordinate with all of the facilities as well as companies that contact the university in need of interns. So I play the role of liaison in a way. I kind of play the role of matchmaker for our students, helping match their desires and loves and what they want out of the game and the industry with what's available out there. I also mm -hmm. do career advising even for our alumni, and a big shout out to all of our Penn State alumni out there. Uh, I do a lot of career advising for them. So even when they graduate, they still give me a call uh, at any time of day, it turns out. Uh, do some classroom <laughs> instruction, uh, and I, I most recently have had the opportunity to work with the PGA of America. I'm on their global committee, which was, this was the first go at it, and it was Paul Levy's initiative to kind of increase the, the global footprint of the PGA of America. So it's been a lot of fun being a part of, of the association, while at the same time uh, kind of leveraging what I do at the university. Right. So through all of this, you've made a ton of contacts uh, in the business, right? And and uh, been a great resource, like you said, for students and alumni. So uh, that's why I knew you'd be a great guest to come on and talk to us a little bit more about interns and internships. And not, not just from the student standpoint, but also from the facility standpoint. So I think that a lot of right. the listeners out there are in that position where maybe they've had interns at their facility and maybe it didn't go well, or maybe they're, they're thinking about how they could utilize interns or how they could attract interns, which I know is really a challenge uh, in this day and age as well. Like you said, you're coordinating for a hundred students uh, in, and that's in a, in a year, right? So you're, you have a hundred students going on internships in a year. So, and how many facilities are reaching out to you uh, saying, Hey, can I get an intern for this summer? That's a great question. Back when I started at Penn state in 2009, we had just about as many students as we did requests for interns. And in those nine years, all the way to today, that has totally flipped. So for 2018, to give you an idea, we had 100 students looking for internships and over 250 facilities contacted me with over 1,000 jobs. Wow. So when you think about that, it's just amazing the, the breadth and wealth of opportunities that our students have. They get to be pretty choosy about where they go. So it's really important for our students to, to pick and choose the right facilities. But then it's also really important for golf professionals out there to know 
that these students really have a lot of choice these days. So it's really important to provide an enriching experience. Um, and I'll tell you what, word of mouth goes forever with, with this generation. All of our students are on group chats together, and when one student has a great experience, everybody wants to go there the next year. Right. What do you think has have, or do you know anything that's changed over those since two thousand nine that that you're getting contacted so much more? Yeah, actually, they they say that the demographics uh, of high school students coming out of high school for the past five years has been lower than what we had seen in the previous decade. So there are actually fewer students applying to and attending universities now. And because mm -hmm. of that, every program on average, and there are 18 PGA golf management programs in the country, nearly every program is down in numbers. So the number of golf courses is the same. The number of jobs, you might even argue, is going up just based on the expectations in the golf industry these days. So when you have that combination of more of a demand from the industry with a, a much smaller supply of students, that I think is what's really driving this. Mm -hmm. So as you said, this really awesome opportunities for these students to get to some premier facilities and get some really great experience on their resumes and start building their career. But as we said, there might be some facilities out there that are having trouble attracting these. Like I. I've seen you at the PGA show where it seems like you're like turning around in circles as you're getting tapped on the shoulder, like, Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm so-and-so from ABC country club. I can use an intern. And, uh, yeah, you know, it yeah. seems like that, you know, they're everybody out there that wants them, but if we're going to have them, you know, what do we need to do to be able to attract them? And if, you know, any examples of you that you have of facilities that are doing that awesome job in attracting them, uh, what can we be doing? Sure. So, and to your point, the PGA show, I've never realized before how much I do not want to be a celebrity. It is ridiculous <laughs> how many folks are coming up to our booth and, and it's amazing the, the amount of golf professionals, old friends in the industry uh, that come to say hi and say, Hey, do you have somebody good for me this year? Well, it's January. Likely right. most of our students have landed a job by now, but it's great to see you. Um, right. <laughs> but, but no, to, to your question, I think the facilities that that really are attractive to our students are first of all let's kind of go back to the the beginning of the process and that starts in august or september typically is when okay, our students good. start looking for the next year mm -hmm. and uh, the best golf professionals will be ready they'll put a reminder in their calendar reach out to the internship coordinators and oftentimes they'll have informational packets really nice um kind of glossy, beautiful looking informational packets where they tell about the job description, they tell about the benefits, they tell about the experience. And there's even some great pictures because, oh my gosh, pictures go uh, quite a ways with this generation. Just to say, mm -hmm. these are the things that you're going to get out of this internship. So that's kind of the first thing that we look for to be able to pass along those packets. And it actually makes things easier for the golf professional. If you provide one packet to each of the 18 programs you don't you don't then have to fill out a separate form for each uh, each program so that's kind of a pro right. tip from the insider yeah um, mm -hmm. but really when it comes down to it it, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier good experiences breed more applications so when our students have a, a great experience at a golf course and I've told some some golf professionals who are at 
reputable clubs who I know are going to do a great job with, with, with our students, I kind of tell them, be patient. Once you have that one home run where, where you have an intern who had a great experience, they're going to tell their friends and it's going to spread like wildfire. Um, so reaching out early, providing a good experience. And I know we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about what goes into that good experience. Mm -hmm. Can I do this if I'm not at a top 100 club? And that's absolutely, I think that's the, so that's good to know. I think there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, well, you know, I'm not at a, you know, name it, you know, top 10, top 25 or top 100 clubs. So I can't attract these students, but it sounds like if you're selling the experience and the benefits to the students, then you can attract them if you're, yeah, if it's no, not just about the name. No doubt about it. In fact, we, we have this talk with our students at the beginning of the year because Typically, students will come into my office. The first thing they say is, I want to go to a top 100 club this, this coming season. Mm -hmm. And then I ask them, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to get out of the experience? And they say, well, I want to work in the golf shop and I want to execute tournaments and I want to help run the merchandise program. And the way that I answer them is you can get that experience, but it doesn't have to be at a top 100 club. And, and, in, and frankly, that's not always the case case at those top 100 clubs. You know, mm -hmm. they need help with their member services and their outside operations, and they may not have that golf shop opportunity. Um, so I, I kind of like to refer to some of our really big success stories. And I know a lot of your listeners are going to be from the Philadelphia area. There's a couple of clubs in the Philadelphia section that do just an incredible job. And they're not mm -hmm. on top 100 lists. And two of them are right side by side. They're in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, Kings mm -hmm. Creek Country Club with Kevin Wiest and uh, Rehoboth Beach Country Club with Pat Mastery. And these are two clubs that are kind of summer second clubs for a lot of members, not on any lists, but oh my goodness, every year students come back just raving about the experience. So if you provide a great, well-rounded educational experience where the students have lots of responsibility, you're, you're going to get some great people coming through your club. So they're looking for responsibility and opportunity then. They want to get involved. They want to have some ownership of something. They want to feel like they're more than just uh, hired hourly help, I guess, then, right? Right, exactly. Yep. And so what else matters? Does does pay ever matter? You know, I think these that seems to be kind of, you know, not even second on the list. But do you get feedback about, I would go there, but it wasn't going to pay enough? Pay might be fifth, sixth, or seventh on the list. It is, right. it, it's hardly an issue that people even consider. Uh, I remember back when I was an intern, I, I, my last internship was at Pebble Beach Golf Links. That was the last year that interns were allowed to work without pay. And I didn't care mm -hmm. one bit. I was at Pebble Beach. Right. Oh, my goodness. So, no, pay, pay doesn't matter as much. Uh, I think that some students, especially looking in the Northeast where cost of living is high, if there's any opportunity, and, and, and I don't even mean dorm-style housing for free on property, but even if there's an opportunity like Wilmington Country Club in Delaware does, where they help you find housing perhaps through a condo that a member owns, mm -hmm. just giving students some assistance in finding housing is, is a really important one. And then really we shift directly to responsibilities. What are the students going to get out of the experience? I kind of say that you know, my father's a retiree. He'd love to pick your range and he'd love to talk with your members at the bag drop. 
Right. And I think you can find retirees and you can find high school students to do those jobs. At least I'd hope so. And then there are opportunities to really utilize these students and their skill set and their passion uh, in a way that's really meaningful for the facility. And, and that just goes both ways because that'll make the students that much happier and, and that much more fulfilled. Do you have some specifics about ways that we can utilize? So let's say we, we sell a great experience here. We, we check in all the boxes. We're going to have interns here. How do we maximize their output so that there's the maximum benefit to the facility? So it's not just, as you said, which I love the way you said that, that they're just, we just hired, you know, a range picker or a starter when, when I know that there are internships where that's going to be part of your responsibilities, but how do, how are the best facilities really maximizing their, uh, their students while they're there? I'll start out by, by referencing one of your earlier episodes of mm -hmm. Getting Better Now, the number 229 podcast on the Romanian podcast. <laughs> That's show. right. We are we yep. are dropping down, but I know with this episode that we're recording right now, we're, we're going to shoot right up that Romanian list again. <laughs> uh, but Tony Pancake said it so great. He said, you know, one of his revelations in, the, in his tenure as a golf professional was his members love it when he delegates to his assistant professionals. And they do a great job with that. That's a bragging right for him. It's a bragging right for the members. Well, think about taking it to the next level and delegating to your interns. Challenge them early. Give them responsibilities. Maybe allow them to run a very small member outing early in the internship where they have one of your assistant professionals overseeing their work. And my goodness, A, that's some work that's off of your plate as the head golf professional. And B, you make that intern feel like an absolute superstar and, and very valued. So what, what we're finding is that when golf professionals give our students a chance early on in the internship and our students deliver, it's a win-win for both. Also, if you give the student the opportunity early and maybe he or she can't quite handle what you're giving them, then you know and you can back off and, and kind of reassess. But if you learn early on that you can delegate to your interns, I think you have an opportunity at the facility to really uh, allow them to take the reins on some things. Like there are some facilities out there that have a, a junior golf handbook and they know that it, it takes a lot of energy and passion to really run a good junior program. Well, help hold their hand into the process, but then hand it off to the intern and see how great of a job they do. They get training on campus. They get training from U.S. Kids Golf and a number of other areas they can do a bang up job with the, the junior programs. And then that's something that you don't even have to worry about the rest of the summer. Mm -hmm. I think that's important to get them involved early to see what their skills are, because I think that's one knock or negative that some golf professionals have had where, okay, student, the student came in in the second week of May and it was the second week of July before we felt like he or she could really contribute. And then he, he or she was leaving at whatever week in August. So we really had them for about a month where they could, you know, be part of the team. But I guess what you're saying is it's important for us as the golf professionals, if we're going to utilize them, that we need to get them involved early. I know I've talked to, talked to some who, as soon as they hire an intern and that may be, you know, in the fall, they're already looping them in on their internal, you know, team emails. Yes. And them involved yeah. In them in club emails so that one, they feel like part of the team, but two, they're also have an idea and be a little bit more up to speed when they get uh, to the club. 
Exactly. So, so, so think about that in, in the process. Let's say you make the hire in November. You're going to the PGA show in January. Well, likely that student's going as well. Why wouldn't you want that student involved in all of your buying meetings and, and shadow you throughout the show, feel as though they're a part of the team? Then maybe in the springtime, you send them a number of documents. Maybe it's the policies and procedures. Maybe it's a membership list with photos of your members. Um, and then get them involved early so when they arrive in May, A, they know everybody, they feel like they're already a part of the team. B, they've had some orientation and some training. You know, then they're ready to go right away rather than having to wait until midsummer. And then if they're leaving in August, well, you get six good weeks out of them. That's not good enough. It, it, mm -hmm. it should start way earlier than that. Is there a framework for what I should expect from a specific intern based on where they are in school. So if I'm mapping this yeah. out, if I'm thinking I need outside help or if I need junior golf help or I need inside help, how do I know where I should be looking? That's a great question. So the, the PGA of America likes to separate our students into three levels. And I think that that's a really good way to think about it. Level one is typically your freshman into sophomore year student, oftentimes with less experience uh, and oftentimes haven't even worked at a golf course. They just know the game of golf and they're a good player. So that opportunity for a facility like yours at St. David's is, is maybe to give them the opportunity early on to work in outside operations to really learn what it takes to execute a, a good golf program and then perhaps give them a little more responsibility through, through the season. Uh, mm -hmm. Level two is usually sophomore into junior year. The students are gaining a little more experience. They have an internship under their belt, so they've been exposed to the industry. Some of those students, I think you can tell during uh, interviews even, are ready to, to really step in and, and take on more of a, of a central role to the operation. And some maybe aren't quite there yet. And then that level three is usually our seniors. It's the students who have multiple internships at this at that point up to three internships under their belt, and they're ready to take on a much larger role. Oftentimes, our graduating seniors are really ready to become entry-level assisting golf professionals by the time they're finishing up college. So that's kind of that level three that, that we look at. Um, and, and it all varies. I mean, you're going to have some more mature students in level three, and you're going to have some less mature that aren't quite as ready to take on as much. And, and that's where I think Every internship coordinator at these golf management programs would love to have a phone call with golf professionals to say, this is where I think this student is in, in his or her development, and this is what I think they're ready for at this time. So, so make that call. I, I'd, I'd tell you that we'd all love to chat with the golf professionals out there. Yeah, and I can only imagine how that might even change during a student's you know time in college from one inter internship to the next to the next you know maybe you get feedback that so-and-so really wasn't ready they were quiet shy not really capable of really helping out a lot in internship one or two but by the last one hey they really came out of their shell and they essentially grew up a lot and and got ready to uh to do a better job i'm sure you hear that from time to time as well that is my favorite part of the job yeah. <clears throat> is when you get this shy, timid student right out of high school. They, they don't even make eye contact with you. And then by the time they graduate as seniors, you kind of look at them and go, who are you? I don't even know how this happened in four years. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing to see that. And, and I think golf professionals should take a lot of pride in, in seeing that 
with their students who come to their facilities, see them grow and, and be excited about that. So when you're sitting down with interns uh, at the end of the, or beginning, I guess it would be maybe beginning of a semester when they're, they've returned and you're reviewing from them, we kind of have a good feel for, you know, what would make it a great internship. <clears throat> what are the, what should we be watching out for so that we're not providing negative experiences? We kind of touched on this a little bit, but if there's anything else that we can add to it that, that, um, that we should avoid so that we're not creating negative experiences for the interns and for us at the facilities, anything that stands sure. out. Right. So let me first back up and, and I had a few other items that I wanted to mention with positive experiences and go figure. Sure. I got sidetracked that it happens all the time. <laughs> no um, we talked about ownership and challenge. Uh, one of the things that some facilities are doing a great job of these days is actually providing an education program. And I wanted to kind of highlight two facilities in, in particular that do a great job of that. The country yeah. club in Brooklyn, Massachusetts with Brendan Walsh, he does an incredible job educating his his student interns and he allows them to be mentored by his assistant professionals i think that is just an awesome program he's got up there mm -hmm. and uh, another one that's just in your backyard there in the philly area is the union league golf club and they have two facilities at torsdale and now union league national over in jersey um, sean palmer and jay coffer are both graduates of our of our program and they've developed what they're now calling union league university it includes educational programming, taking and giving golf lessons. They're even having the students do mock interviews with mm -hmm. members of the Union League business leaders in the Philadelphia area. Right. Um, so you think about those types of things. If you can build that in, that's a home run. Wow. Uh, another thing that, that I love is when there's a diversity of experiences. So maybe there's a bit of a rotation amongst the interns or whatever it may be. Give the interns and the students the opportunity to do one thing one month or one thing one week and then try their hand at something different maybe the next month. Bandon Dune just does a really good job of that. They rotate their, their students through the entire facility throughout their internship. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to yeah, highlight no, some of those positives. No, thank you for doing that. So it just so if I'm listening to this and it, that kind of clicks with me, maybe something like that union league university and say, all right, you know what? I would love to do that. I, I would really like, I think I could build a program like that. Would that start with uh, as far, obviously on our end, we'd have, you know, work to do to, to figure out the specific specifics of that. But would I get you that packet that you were talking about with all that laid out in it um, in order to kind of, I think that's that great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great because then that really catches the eye of the student when they're starting to make their their list. You know, I, I encourage my students to make a list of kind of their top 10 choices for the next year. And that'll pop out, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Great. Uh, but yeah, so we can move on negatives. to kind of yeah. those negative experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the main feedback that I hear from students, they they don't complain about pay they don't complain about housing. Uh, the things that I really hear are they didn't utilize me for, for what I, I think I could give. So I, I always hated the term when I worked in the industry because sometimes I was stuck in there, but, but the penalty box, right? 
you you have a student go to an internship and they're excited to be in the golf shop for the season. And then because of the circumstances and kind of the staffing, they're behind the counter from the beginning of their shift until the end of the shift, checking mm-hmm. in players and guests, answering the phones and, and ringing up merchandise. And they don't have the opportunity to get out from behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you're going to hear on your podcast, the more people you interview, how important it is for the golf professionals and the head professionals to get out there and interact with the members. I think our students want that experience as well. Uh, the other big concern that that we have and, and the thing that, that students have trouble with is when they do show up and they don't receive any kind of formal training, nor guidance, nor mentoring, they're just given their job and they're, you know, they're told, go out and do it. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lost opportunity for the golf professionals to make a, a meaningful relationship and connection with these students, Right. But then also to nurture them into what you want your your program to be all about. Mm-hmm. And I think the best golf professionals in the country are the ones who have kind of a philosophy behind their team. And they want to indoctrinate their their students and their interns, you know, into being a part of that team. And I think mentorship and having kind of what Brendan Walsh does at the country club pairing up his students, maybe one-on-one with, with a, a mentor who's an assistant professional at the club is a great way to do that. So just try to avoid that kind of lack of guidance early on and, and give them some, some direction. Right. And like you said, you can, as the head golf professional director of golf, you can delegate some of that out because I'm sure that's what some people would say. Oh, well, it's the busiest time of the year. I just didn't have time. But if sure. you're, therefore, if you're just looking for you know, cheap labor, then I guess you're not going to have a very long uh, internship program or a long history of attracting interns if you're not taking exactly. the time to mentor and teach and coach like we really should uh, if you're going to bring these students into your club. So, Exactly. Well, Brian, this was uh, a lot of great information that uh, you provide us with today because I know people have questions out there about a attracting interns and how to use them and get the most out of them. And people are going to get a lot of value out of this conversation. So tell us though, if not that you need to be contacted by more clubs, but I'm sure there are, <laughs> but how would everybody get uh, a hold of you? Or if we, if we want to get, uh, start this, this going at our clubs, how do we go about it? Sure. That's great. And, and I'd tell you that, that the internship coordinators at all 18 PGA golf management programs are really close and it's a, a really nice group of folks. We share a lot of information with each other. Um, so feel free to, and I, and I think it's important for golf professionals to play the numbers game here. If you know how many job postings there are out there for our hundred students at Penn state, just realize that it's probably the same case throughout the whole country. Mm-hmm. So cast a, a wide net and contact a lot of the programs uh, and and we will certainly share information with each other as well about about those really good experiences. But um, you can typically find all of our contact information on our websites. But uh, my my direct email address is probably the best way to go about contacting me. And and now is a great time. October is kind of the peak. We tell our students to um, try to line up internship or sorry interviews um, around the Thanksgiving holiday. So my my email address is. BJS48 at PSU.edu. 
And uh, I'd love to to hear from more and more golf professionals. It's my the favorite part of my job. Well, that's great. So we'll get this out so everybody can get the word out uh, and start contacting you, lining up interviews, and hopefully now have a chance to utilize interns at their facility to help their operations run better. And so I really pr- appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for your time today. I appreciate. Yeah, thanks all that for all that you're doing, Dean. It's just an awesome. Awesome work that you're doing with the podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. This was the Getting Better Now podcast presented by the Golf Business Network. Head over to iTunes to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and be sure to rate and review while you're there. For more information, go to golfbusinessnetwork.com.